Hi everyone and happy new year. Welcome back to the first episode of 2021 at TTT, the Talking Transport Transformation Podcast. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Tumi, the Transformative Urban Mobility Initiative. After an extraordinary year lying behind us, we have a special episode for you. Today, we would like to reflect about the mobility activities of 2020 around the globe. Also, we will have a look ahead into the current year and explore what we can expect in terms of sustainable mobility development in 2021. Therefore, we are happy to have Daniel Moser here with us today. Daniel is the management head of the Transformative Urban Mobility Initiative. He is an accomplished urban mobility and transport specialist with more than seven years of international experience. Daniel also has strong public and private sector experience and through his work, he collaborated with non-governmental organizations and world-leading research institutions. Very happy to have you on board today, Daniel. And with that, I'll hand over to Lena and you. Hi, Daniel. So good to have you with us today. Hi, Lena. Thanks for having me today. So I'm really glad to be on your podcast or on our podcast uh, today. It's very exciting to be talking to you so early in this year, because as we like to say, new year, new possibilities. And of course, we know that Tumi has a lot of activities and a lot of new developments planned for this year. So we're really grateful to be able to kick off 2021 with you on board on our podcast and to discuss some of the things that lie ahead of us, as well as some of the lessons we've learned in the last year on how we might be able to change the mobility sector for the better. So I know you are what they call a political animal, and I'd be interested to hear from you what you think are some of the you know, key milestones for this new year that all transport enthusiasts should be aware of. What's happening right now? So I think we have already seen one of the key milestones, and I, th I also do think it's a great question because what we what we are seeing uh, really is that that change comes uh, in two ways. Uh, first, it comes uh, gradually, and and there then it's uh, then it comes suddenly, and and a lot of what we're seeing around the world in terms of uh, change towards uh, sustainable transportation has been brewing for a couple of years. Uh, we've seen uh, movements for livable cities and uh, for more uh, cycling, for example, in cities, really gaining a lot of steam around the world. But what we've seen a couple of days ago uh, coming from Paris as, as news is quite extraordinary, uh, namely the decision, uh, the proof decision of uh, Paris to transform the Champs-Élysées, one of the most famous streets uh, in the world, into an extraordinary garden, as they call it. So I think this is a prime example of how cities around the world are taking a lead towards transforming into uh, the post-car era and really getting rid of cars uh, in the city center and uh, getting to grips with uh, the understanding that uh, fundamentally cars are not uh, technology which is compatible with the way we want to live in cities so i think this is this is really fantastic what we are seeing there and and expect the these world leading expect these world leading cities to take continue taking the lead and also do expect that many other cities around the world are looking quite carefully of what these cities are doing and following suit 
Yeah, I was going to ask you from the resonance in, in our network and your network, of course, have you seen that there is a lot of feedback on this decision that Paris is taking in you know, terms of Paris being one of the leading capitals in Europe, of course, and having quite a history of being a car-centric city, but then also, of course, being a very transformative city over the last couple of years already. Do you think it is sort of a game changer that a city like Paris has taken this step now, also for cities that Tumi works with? Yes, uh, you know, Lena, I think what, what's quite remarkable uh, from what I've seen in terms of feedback from from people around around uh, our network is is really how how small uh, the proportion of people is that that are looking at very critically at this. It, it's basically becoming very quickly a consensus issue uh, in around uh, around uh, many change makers uh, that that these transformations are going to happen. And it's just a matter now uh, with many people, how fast are these changes going to happen? And, and really, I, I believe that um, that this transformation uh, and the understanding that this transformation is going to happen is, uh, is, is spreading very fast also uh, probably at car companies, uh, at um, <clears throat> also with representatives who traditionally would not favor uh, more livable city uh, life and really are pro really being proponents of a car-centered um, uh, cities and heavily motorized cities with a lot of traffic jams and uh, crazy air pollution. So I think many people are people are understanding that this is a, um, a transformation which is taking place and it's uh, really supported on a very very broad level. And uh, and I think this is this is quite remarkable on from my point of view. When I compare this with how discussions have been taking place in the past years around um, making central cities, uh, central streets um, less um, accommodating less cars in central uh, streets in uh, or important streets in, in in cities. Right. And that brings me to another question in terms of hot topics of this year. So we're seeing now that Paris moves more towards being yeah, a human-centered city, less focused on, let's say, a certain type of vehicle. But do you see the international discourse sort of moving towards any particular topic? I mean, of course, now we're still right within the COVID pandemic, which has sparked a lot of discussions around cycling. But are there any hot topics that you think are really going to be the focus of, let's say, policymakers in 2021? Yes, I think one one idea which which we've seen popping up around the Uh, around last year already, um, this idea of the 15-minute city, um, where you you try to put all you need uh, for your life in a 15-minute walking radius uh, from the place where you live, I think this is something which uh, which we are seeing also um, re-evaluated as these this pandemic drags on. We really are confined uh, very much to the places where we live. And looking how this changes our perception of the neighborhood we are living in, uh, it's quite extreme, really. So we've, we're, seeing, we're seeing people uh, really uh, centering the whole life around the neighborhood where they are living in. And now it becomes a totally different question if you are living in a neighborhood 
where you're totally car dependent and where you don't have any mixed use, there's no way to put working and living close to each other. Uh, there, there's no, there are no shopping opportunities and so on. All these things become a, a much, much stronger negative um, aspect in terms of where you live. So people start to appreciate the kind of compact uh, cities uh, which, which we have seen in the uh, in in many, for example, traditionally uh, traditional European city centers. We've seen these compacted developments, but this is become this is being appreciated in many places around the world right now. That we need to bring um, what people need closer to where people are, and uh, by by doing so, really making our streets more livable and more uh, enjoyable and uh, really creating more joyful cities, um, as, as some people call it. So I think this is, this is really fascinating. But the, the question remains for me when we think about the pandemic is who's really partaking in that kind of uh, shift? Um, and is this really um, something where we uh, see many people around the world are um, profiting of that shift towards more livable neighborhoods. Uh, we've seen uh, Sweden putting out an idea of a, of a one-minute city, really, where people are uh, really just need to step out of the front door uh, to and jump into city life uh, right away. But this is really um, something which is, um, in, in my point of view right now, it's still centered very much on uh, on few people who live in very nice neighborhood, but it's uh, a question of equity, which becomes much more important as we move through this pandemic, as we've seen inequalities becoming more severe, uh, people in uh, service-centered jobs uh, losing their jobs and, and struggling really hard while uh, knowledge-based uh, uh, jobs are still uh, going pretty strong and people are not not having seen these kind of job losses which people in service center jobs are seeing so i think question which we will uh be looking at once we moving out this pandemic eventually in the latter half or of 2021 hopefully is can we make um life in cities um, more equitable and more just and can we uh make can we build these shifts which we are seeing in terms of how people want to live in a city, can we build these shifts also for uh, all of the people uh, living in cities? And can we really uh, bring sustainable transportation to a much broader uh, base of people and giving them access to social life, to uh, economic life, and, and, and to really a joyful city life, um, also to people who are, uh, until now, have uh, missed out on this? I think this is a very crucial question which we will be looking into um, in, in the next couple of months. You know, that's interesting. I like how you're highlighting that space in cities, public space, has become so much more important and more also apparent to people now that we're all sort of confined within a really small radius around where we all live because we just haven't moved as much as we used to in previous years. So really appreciating the space that's around you and maybe also reevaluating how that space is currently used. Do you think that fact is going to increase bottom-up initiatives by citizens to 
really rethink public space in cities and how it is being used by different forms of mobility? And do you at the same time see more room for discussion with policymakers, especially, you know, when it comes to areas and cities, as you've just mentioned, which might not be downtown, you know, business district or city center that are already quite appealing to people? Do you think that is going to change how policymakers in cities and people living there are going to be discussing how to use public space? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, hopefully uh, it will. And I think I mean, we, we, we're having a couple of other uh, milestones uh, which we're seeing. And one, one thing is uh, looking at the United States, for example, and, and this uh, crazy uh, process around the election, which we're seeing unfolding, but really also seeing that in the United States, uh, we will have a new leader of the transport department. And uh, actually, this will be a former mayor of the city, Pete Buttigieg, Who will be leading uh, the Department of Transport in the United States? And I think I think really <clears throat> what we are noticing um, is a lot of this kind of soft power leadership is coming from the United States. And I I would would assume that when, when if we do see uh, some sort of that kind of change which you are talking about of increased dialogues with of policymakers with uh, city dwellers and city makers. Uh, if we do see this uh, also materializing on a federal or national level in the United States, this will have uh, also a really interesting effects on on how many many people in other uh, countries and other cities around the world think about their life in cities. So I think this is potentially. I mean, we don't know what uh, what exactly the plan will be. We 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 do see some positive signals there from uh, the, the future head of the Department of transportation in the United States. But I think if, if we do see this materialize and if we do say, see that different paradigm uh, taking hold, I think that's, this could be very contentious um, for uh, for other leaders around the world to, to start to shift their thinking. Is there a way in which you can see international networks and organizations contribute to this dialogue? Do, do you see a particular role for especially proponents of sustainable mobility to now really use this window of opportunity to encourage national states and cities to go deeper into that dialogue? I think yes. I mean, I, I have to say yes, because um, um, uh, as you know, we, I'm, I'm heading the, the Transformative Mobility Initiative and and, uh, and, and I think what, what I see is with all the partners in our initiative were about what they are doing is they really condensing uh, a lot of the transformational changes, uh, which we see in many places, condensing that into a very compelling narrative and, uh, and then allowing other cities to, 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 to take this basically as a template to, uh, to, to, to bring that change also in, to reality in their places so i think one very very beautiful report which we launched a couple of weeks ago was um, a report about around zero emission areas which we launched together with c40 and and the the idea of a zero emission area is uh, is uh, is is quite a disruptive idea i think in terms of thinking about how to transform city life uh, because really uh, we take a core of the city or a spe specific area in a city 
and say let, let's let's try out uh, really the most innovative, the most uh, disruptive, and the most beautiful ideas to 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 create as the city of the future in that area. And then try to then then let's have a look and how how people are appreciating this and maybe then copy that template uh, for a much larger part of the city. So what we did is we took a couple of these elements um, of this uh, report and really kind of analyzed what 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 unpacked really what are the elements which you have to think about when you want to uh, create a, a beautiful transformative uh, zero emission area in your city center and and we put really this we we digested this we unpacked this and put it in a beautifully layouted uh, report i i recommend everybody to look it up it's really really great piece uh, of work uh, and very happy to to have been able to support c40 on doing this uh, and i think it it also provides a template for other cities to 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 take that uh work <clears throat> which we are seeing and then uh, uh, take this uh, transformation forward in their city. So to come back to your question, I think what we're seeing is we, what we're trying to do with Tumi and uh, the part, the, the Tumi partners is condensing, unpacking a lot of the great changes which we are seeing and make them digestible and uh, make bring them into a sort of easy-to-cook recipes uh, for many cities around the world. And uh, by doing so, uh, really helping um, helping to to accelerate this transformation towards sustainable transport systems. So what I'm hearing is that you are advocating for a very vision-driven approach to mobility to really encourage us all to set a goal or development vision of how we want cities and mobility to look like and then sort of work back from that vision to decide how can we go forward. And that's why I want to use my last question for today to ask you, what is the vision that we are to expect from Tumi in 2021? And what is the bigger picture you will be following at Tumi? I think what we what we will be seeing is not only the vision. The vision is very, very important in terms of communicating where you want to go in terms of sustainable mobility. But we need to back it up with uh, some some facts. And I think what we are seeing is, I told you a bit, Creating these uh, recipes and combining them with a vision can uh, help uh, the crucial change makers uh, in a city, which are uh, the mayors and uh, the city administration and the people in a city to uh, come together. But what, what we try to uh, do also, and I think that's that's going to be a huge chunk of work uh, in 2021, uh, is looking at uh, this developing story around electric mobility. And you see, you have to have a look at these battery prices, which are falling so rapidly. And this this uh, transformation, which is uh, first and foremost an industry transformation, but then with fundamental impact on, on the way we move and how, uh, how fast we can move to zero carbon uh, mobility, is uh, is tremendous, and I think I think what we want to focus on uh, with the transformative mobility initiative is looking at electric buses and how electric buses are part of that story. And what you will be seeing in 2021 uh, from Tumi and uh, our work around electric mobility will be uh, focused on how can we 
accelerate that transformation uh, toward electric uh, buses and uh, really uh, make uh, public transport um, uh, z- uh, zero carbon uh, very quickly. And uh, you, you see the commitments from cities around the world moving towards electric buses. And I think that's something which we want to support and back it up with good data, but also uh, uh, bring uh, this vision, which I talked about earlier, uh, bring this vision to the table so that, that we really can provide a complete package and support the cities which we are working with in the best way possible. That is a really great outlook you're giving us. And I think it's a perfect way to wrap up the first season of the Tumi podcast. We have a great outlook on the next year and some of the issues we will be addressing in our new season. And we look much forward to having more of the Tumi activities and partners here on board. But for today, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us and sharing some of your ideas and visions for 2021. Absolutely. I was very happy, very happy to be part of the, the podcast series and looking forward. Thank you, Lena and Daniel, for the throwback and the prospects of 2021. We're happy to see that further innovative mobility changes are on the way. So to our great listeners, make sure to stay tuned in and don't miss out on sustainable mobility developments around the world. This episode concludes season one of the TTT podcast. Thank you very much for following along this way with us. We are looking forward to having you back with us for season two. This will start very soon after a small break in a couple of weeks. Until then, we recommend to follow us on social media. And if you like, also check out our event calendar on the Tumi website. There you can find training courses and online events in the field of sustainable and electric mobility. Of course, all links can be found in the show notes of this episode. As always, thanks for tuning in and hear you next time.